This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's not 8 o'clock, which means there's going to be 20 more minutes of Eagles talk right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, and I got to disagree. I think it's two and a half feet that he moved over. <laughs> Brandon Lee Gowden all hanging out with you. Jack Fritz behind the glass. Steve Trevor Lee's, uh hanging out with us uh, for the updates and things like that. So, gentlemen, we are, well, we're still in the dead zone. So there's not a lot of things that are going on, but we do want to get into some expectations. Obviously, I think in the last half hour of the program, because... There is a summer league game, and it is going to be on ESPN. It's kind of a big deal here, so we'll get into some Sixers talk in the last half hour of the program. But, uh, gentlemen, i got to say, and this is something that we've all been kind of talking about in the hallway here, I don't know if there is ever a point that I'm going to be as excited uh, uh, for Eagles training camp or something that happens at Eagles training camp that is going to take my mind completely off the Sixers. I'm having a hard time with that. I'm, all, I'm, I'm living in the moment Two, but is there anything that you're just jazzed about? Like you can't wait to see at training camp? No, John, I'm I'm with you 100%. I actually saw Merrill Reese put out a tweet yesterday that was like something like, I, I can't remember uh, people being this excited about an upcoming Eagles season in, in a really long time. And I almost responded and said, Merrill, you spelled Sixers wrong. Because like that's how, <laughs> you know, that's how I feel right now. I'm so jazzed about the Sixers. But at the same time, I think once those guys get the pads on, and we see Carson Wentz throw up a pass and Alshon Jeffrey come down with it. And, you know, we start to get those juices flowing. I do think 
that we'll get back there and we'll get that excitement for the Eagles back up. I just think it's it's so present right now in the Sixers stuff. And it's also, look, it's been a really long time. We're waiting for excitement with the Sixers team. So I don't know about you, Brandon. It just feels like it's the culmination of such a long thing that I think that's even more why it's so palpable right now. Yeah, we're in the heat of the moment, as you just said, James, with Summer League going on, first game tonight of the Las Vegas portion uh, NBA free agency is going on, so that's fun too. There's nothing going on Eagles-wise. In a couple of weeks, the NBA stuff's going to go away. There'll be no more Summer League, no more any kind of significant moves in free agency unless they trade Julio for, which they obviously <laughs> should do, yes. and I should get in there. He's but, immune to trade rumors. Oh, he, He's, he cannot be traded. It's I, like a, this is he doesn't even depressing. need a no-trade clause because he just can't be traded. Yeah, Zach Lowe can say uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to happen. It's inevitable. It, inevitable, inevitable, yeah. yeah. And it's still probably not going to happen. Here. So, but I, I do think if Carson Wentz starts, like, just if he comes out in training camp and he's just looking sharp every day, I think that's going to get us pretty excited. If we're hearing, like, every Ish. day, like, yeah. oh, man, like, Carson's looking really good, I think that's going to get us juiced up a little bit. I think the personalities and the drama and everything that kind of surrounds the NBA, too, is, is really hard. And yeah. Steve Travelese brought this up in the hallway. And I thought this was, this was kind of a, a, a very important point. Like, the Sixers... All out, along with the talent, they all have great personalities. Yeah, very they, accessible. And, and, Not to the point where like Joel Embiid was is just like, oh, he's uh, really he really gets Philadelphia. No, he gets the world. <laughs> like it's not he is a world athlete. Like, it's not just like sitting here and just hanging out in here. Like no athlete I've ever seen. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, Steve, what were you what were you kind of bringing up there? Is there's there's going to be a point? Uh, oh, sorry, he's doing he's doing an update right now. So. But he brought in an interesting topic, and I, w- I want to get his opinion on it, too. Does the Sixers team have enough personality to finally dethrone Eagles talk in this town? And I don't know. See, like, it's kind of, I, I think, at their, it, now, it's it's an easy question to answer if the Eagles are going 13-0 and and the Sixers are still hitting in their playoff right. run or look like they're going to be a playoff team. It's still going to be an Eagles-dominated thing because we need to dunk a few and spike a few footballs at that point. With Carson Wentz is probably playing his butt off. But yeah, if, if they're thirteen and zero, I think so. If it's a <laughs> if it's a nine win team, uh, and it's kind of feeling that way throughout the season, is this the opportunity that this will be? Even if it's just for the next six to seven months, a Sixers town. Uh, I think you make a great point in the sense that for the next certain period of time, I think we could see it. I I know you and I are old enough to remember Brandon. Might be old enough to remember the the 2001 and just bit. how this city was literally taken over by the Sixers and and the you know everyone talks about the car flags but it was like I remember watching that game one against the Lakers at my buddy's house and like there were like 50 people there and everyone's just huddled around a television like freaking out together and going it was like you felt it it was special there was something special about it so I do think the Sixers have that kind of ceiling in terms of you know how they can get the city excited but. But I think ultimately this is a football town. It always has been a football town. It always will be a football town. If the Eagles are good, we're going to care more about the Eagles, and it is what it is. I'm completely with you there, James. I think the Sixers, it's going to take some more time. I mean, like, you know, like we're all excited about this team. Obviously, they have Embiid. They have Fultz. They have Simmons now. It's going to take time. I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to get into the playoffs. You know, I think at the bottom of the East there, I think there's a spot for them for sure. I just think, uh, you know, it's going to take some time before it gets to, like, you know, Warriors level or some kind of big level fight. Like, James, you're bringing up the finals. They were in the finals there. Like, yeah. I think we're still, you know, <laughs> we're excited about the team, but we're not quite at the finals just yet. Well, and that's, and, and, and Steve, do you think at, at some point that the, the Sixers do have enough personality to kind of dethrone the Eagles, even if it's just for a short period of time? Oop. Oh, you got to move there? 
No, Jack, you got to put the uh, put him up. <laughs> he is up. That's, He's up. Yeah. Well, interesting. This is weird. So we're having a. We're, and is like, he on? Is his mic? It's on. <laughs> program three. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's up. Oh, it's, it's inside weird. baseball so, too. There, How about there you that? go. So there's uh, there's a little bit of a mic issue. It's there. Not all my going. fault. No, I <laughs> well, totally still, wanted it to be too. I was so ready to go in on you. Yeah, Jack. It's, it still will be. So I've listened to the midday show enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't see. I don't think it has to be at that level yet. I really don't. I think it, to overtake the Eagles, it doesn't have to be finals. It doesn't have to be. No, what does it have to be? I think if just if like barely making the eighth seed. The, the the thing is, I think what the Sixers have going for them, along with the personality, is also the mystery of it. So if they continue to unfold now? this thing in, how about now? Oh, hey, hey, there's <laughs> That's an entrance. There it is. There's, there's hello, the, hello. There's, Can you hear me? <laughs> So yeah, do you I do you Where remember the question? It was just so do you think that the Sixers personalities have enough to kind of take over what you were you were bringing up in the hallway there? They've got more personality now than the entire Eagle team. <laughs> yeah. I that's mean, what I think. In personality they probably do. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, and they know how to use it. I mean, like the Eagles, like the Sixers are almost encouraged to use social media, get the word out, you know, be, you know, be part of the fabric where the Eagles are more discouraged. Very rarely yeah. do they speak out, and they've never really encouraged personality for a long time. Yeah, and I, I think there's, and I even said it to Steve. I just said, Carson Wentz is a huge dork. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. no personality no. there. No, it's, he's, it's he's, hunting. It's 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 just it's hunting every, religion every and football, guy. and that's it. Like and that, bad dance moves. Yeah, and oh, bad, terrible, <laughs> di- terrible. Di- Plus, I think also just sport wise. I mean, NBA players are just more accessible. They're more into social media. They're more into too. their. You know, they, they like where football players. It's like they're in their compound. They're playing football and they're going to this and they're doing that. But they're not like out and about. They're not like present in the same way that I feel like the NBA players are now. And it's become even more so with social media. I mean, like it's just, you look at like. Who's the top NFL player social media presence wise? Would he be like fiftieth in the NBA? You know, I think yeah, it's probably. You yeah, know, I mean, you know, what I mean, it's like who I think would it, even be? that's what I mean. Richard I think Sherman. I mean, yeah, that's, what I, that's my point. JJ? And you can yeah. think like all these different basketball players, and obviously Embiid is the king of it. But like all these guys are, you know, Duran, and they're all there, and they're all like interacting with people, and they're they're they have kind of, I don't know, it just feels like they're a lot more accessible, and you can kind of feel like you could you know, interact theoretically with an NBA player, whereas football players, it just seems seems more removed. Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, and you know, we, <laughs> I think we can say all this stuff, but I mean, the ultimate goal is still the chase for the Super Bowl, so if there's a chance of that happening, I mean... Well, that's what I mean. That's pretty much it. That Trump's social media. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think it's just... That's what it is. I don't think it's just personality. I think the Sixers absolutely have more personality than this Eagles team, especially with... Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, who are both incredibly boring in terms of like personality and all that type of stuff. But if the Eagles win, people are in. Like uh, yeah. that's it. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I just think that they're the only thing that the Sixers have going for it, along with the personality part, is like I was saying, it is the mystery of it. It is even just man, just looking back at Ben Simmons' highlights from from Summer League and knowing that he's just gonna be there to hang out tonight and do all that different thing. Uh I I I keep going back to like I still have not seen Ben Simmons do a roll-up bounce pass to Joel Embiid as he dunks over somebody, Whoa. along with Markel Fulcher Whoa. just kicking it out to him, you know, for a wide-open three or Redick or whoever it is. So there's, I think, the mystery part of it, and then finally just unboxing all these things after everybody's been waiting patiently for so long, that there is, a, I, I think there's an opportunity, at least for a year or a year and a half, 
to to be basketball town. You know, I think it's kind of heading that way. Yeah, I it think, has to go right. Well, too, and I think but, the yeah. uniqueness of it too. I mean, no one's ever done this before in any sport, any time. Like this was this was revolutionary, whether you agreed with it or not. And if you didn't, you were wrong, obviously, because it worked. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, no one's ever done this. So to like actually see it start to like this whole long term crazy plan that no one ever thought of before to see it now bearing fruit and to see this potential young like amazing th- trio of guys carry this team into the future is it's i think it's really unique and i think for, to your point john i think it does kind of add a little more intrigue to it than a normal type of sixers eagles kind of dynamic would yeah and uh i i just think that it's it's gonna be fun tonight and throughout the rest of the season to see kind of how they patch up the best thing that happens in this town. And that we've, we've seen it a couple of times. You saw it with the, you know, when the Phillies were on their run with the world series, there was also the, the Eagles went on that, the, the to the national or the yeah, national championship game. Listen to me, but uh, they went to, you know, they went to Arizona. You saw the, the cup run in 10 with the Eagles playoffs. And that was electric and things like uh, that happened like that. So I think if, I just want to get back to where two. There's at least two good teams <laughs> going back to this team. That's all I'm asking one for. One good team. That would be cool. Well, you know what? Who on the Eagles would actually challenge the Sixer players for branding? You know, on social media. Like we're in it. We're coming to a point now, which uh, Philadelphia athletes is a lot of personality coming about in the Philadelphia yeah. sports scene, which hasn't been for a while. Now you've got the Sixers with personality. I think a lot of the Eagle defensive players. They'll have personality. You see, they'll come out. But the NBA is so much more about advancing personal brands, shoe contracts. You see the player. There's only 13 of them. There's only five on the court. And, like, people like Ben Simmons, you know, went trained to learn how to advance his brand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And most of these guys do. And you're absolutely right there. And I think the NFL kind of recognized that this year and be like, okay, uh, start dancing in the yes, yes exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. That stuff, and and so they can start marketing those stars a little better. Uh, we'll get into uh, a little more of this. Plus, we just we're gonna look ahead and just expectations for training camp, and uh, we keep going. We keep going yeah. because there is no break. It's fifty-five yes, for some reason. We started early. Okay, so I we're was... going through till twenty. That's correct, right, Jack? <laughs> What's it's 100% correct. Oh, yes. We're what? going to like 15. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my 20. goodness. Well, That's this is uh, so we uh, we don't have to break. We're just going to keep <laughs> it going because uh, what I think is and the reason why we're bringing all this stuff up in the first place is because I'm just I can't I can't get excited about anything like I I, I know what to well, I know it shouldn't be at this time of year. There's yeah. nothing to get excited about. No, but even looking forward to like, oh man, I can't wait to get into getting a training camp. And yeah, I but let see. me ask you that question again in a couple of weeks. Sure, yeah, and just kind of have it so there's whatever. Uh, what Wentz's first uh, another tutty to Alshon Jeffrey during eleven on elevens and just no, be like, but wow. Once they have pads on, it'll be cool. I mean, like I think you know, and, and it'll look, ramp up. It'll ramp up, and I, look, you know, like the coverage in this town. Like once the training camp starts, and once the pads are on, like. We're going to be getting such a flood, a deluge of of you know tweets and info and all stuff. It will it will get exciting again. It I, I know it will. It's not I I know what you're saying, but at the same time, I think you're underrating yes. how exciting the start of football is for us. There's only sixteen Pre-season, games in a I think year. We're a little size, yeah, yeah. yeah like, well, sure. Like it's just such a it's such a different thing, you know. With I know like there, it's such a a small window of time where you get to enjoy football. I think people get really excited about it. I think, you know, we see it with our audience. Like, we get people. I think the Sixers thing is, like, 
is I, there's there's probably more there's it's not just limited to Philadelphia, but I think more so it is. I think that's very concentrated. Eagles are just so much bigger. Honestly, we see it with our fans. It's too many fans. Yeah. yeah, there's this there's people in the United Kingdom who are like mm-hmm. just big, huge Eagles fans. I don't think that's the case, like completely yet with and that might change one day if the Sixers become really good and they're like a dynasty or whatever they're they're getting in their winning playoff games I think they become something like that I just think we're far off from that still yeah and I think we're maybe just getting a little um blinded or or you know kind of swayed by the now uh, you yes. know I think like this is the most exciting thing that's happened with the Sixers in you know a minimum of five years you know <laughs> and really like really like since 2001 like this is the most exciting hopeful uplifting time we've had with the Sixers unless you want to say like winning a round in the playoffs or when Derrick Rose you know yeah. tore his knee <laughs> up or whatever but I, I like I I think that right now because it's been so Sixers heavy and and so exciting that it kind of I think it kind of makes you think like ah, this is it this is all that's gonna matter for a while but I think Brandon's right I think once we get away from summer league and once we get away from all the signings are done and everything it's going to be football time Oh yeah, yeah, and, and there's. No, I think once the season is in full swing, it's it's going to take off again, and of course we'll be because there's so many different fights to fight, so many different ones of like, okay, I told you that this, I told you that Timmy Jernigan was going to be an All Pro, and you kind of doubted him for a little bit with that trading and that signing, and I remember, uh, I, I think some of our listeners at BGN underscore Radio were reminding us of, hey, you should go back to the last off season <laughs> and just listen to all the heart hot takes and heartbreaking stuff that you guys were mentioning and doing. So that's kind of like where we want to shape and go to tonight. It's just like, all right, well, what are those expectations then? You know, from from coach on to quarterback on to whoever's on this list of what do you what are you trying to uh what are you trying to get into here? What are you what are you expecting? And I think that we don't talk about I mean, we talk about Peterson's expectations. We talk about a lot of that different stuff and where it is, but I don't think we have a deep dive discussion on a lot of those things on Sure, you know, if it's a, if he's eight and eight and if he improves and it looks a little different, I don't think he's going to be in fired if he's nine, you know, a nine win team or barely in the playoffs. But I don't know. I just I, I, I get the feeling that Doug Peterson is still uh, underrated a little bit here, <laughs> you know, so no, I kind I, of agree. I, and and I, I think <laughs> oh, that there's man. there's. Are we going to start yelling about Doug Peterson again? Is that where this is going? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. But I just I just feel like it, it, this is where I'm conflicted. Right. So we know. That the Eagles f- had a flawed process when they did the the, the hiring. Yeah, that is one hundred percent true. There is there is flubs. They were trying to get things together. I think there's a lot of things that were unexpected. You know, trying to trying to find a GM or having a discussion on okay, who's really going to do this thing? Actually, it's just going to be us. Let's bring in Ron Jorsky. I mean, that was the craziest. That was the craziest time to be an Eagles fan. Oh, this yeah. last off season when it was going through all of that different stuff, and then you had you know. Uh, you know, here comes the trade up for Carson Wentz, and then boom, Bradford's gone, and this all this stuff kind of happened. So, uh, I, if the process is flawed, does that mean that they were wait? They're waiting for something else. Was it just like let's just go with this for now? Maybe we'll get lucky, but we'll just keep an eye out for anything that's going to be better coming our way. Yeah, I, I, I've said multiple times. I think Doug Peterson's a placeholder. I really do. I don't think he was ever the guy they wanted. I think it was the safe option at the time, looking what was out there. They're like, all right, we're not in love with any of these guys. I mean, other than the ones we offered contracts to and turned us down. And, you know, I think other than that, I think they were like, all right, well, you know, we know Doug, you know, we can kind of control Doug and 
we'll bring Doug in and, and hopefully it'll work out, but it probably won't. And we'll, you know, be ready if if it doesn't work out. I think that's really what it is. And I think, look, I, I've said if he can if he can do a good job and make the playoffs, I think he'll keep his job because they're not gonna fire a coach who makes the playoffs. But I don't think the Eagles believe that Doug Peterson is their long term answer head coach. I don't so, think the Eagles believe it. So let's say he doesn't meet your expectation of what you think what like will be able to uh, playoffs. Is yeah. Mine. So, so he can't keep his job. Let's say that doesn't happen. Do they gut the whole staff? Do you think that's where it becomes interesting to me? You're saying if, if he does make the playoffs, if he doesn't like if he fails oh, and he yeah. gets fired, that's where the discussion becomes interesting to me. And I think that's why I think it's less likely that Doug gets fired. Cause how do you gut this staff again? When your big After selling two years, point yeah. and your big selling point was Peterson, Reich, DiFilippo with Wentz. After two years, I'm not you, saying they got this down. I think Doug, like DiFilippo. I mean, we've talked about this. I yes. think DiFilippo could be their the guy they want to be that coach, and they didn't think he was ready or whatever it is. I totally could see that. So that's where the conversation gets interesting. Is the next Eagles head coach on this staff already? And do the Eagles is that is that how they shape this coaching staff? Knowing that if they have to pull the plug on Doug, they have Deuce Staley, who they interviewed for yes. their head coaching uh, position last off season. They have DiFilippo, who's an up and comer. Frank Reich has been, I know, not everyone's favorite guy, but he's been thrown yeah. around in head coach interviews. Jim Schwartz was obviously a head coach before, yeah. and many people think he yeah, will be again. Yeah, he was a head coach after the first three weeks of last season, too. By many other teams, apparently. Yeah, so yeah. that's the interesting thing. If Doug doesn't, if Doug gets the hook, who is the next head coach? Do they do they gut the staff? Is it Or is it someone else? Like, I was talking to John on the way over here. We heard last year that, like, Lurie's two top candidates who were, like, completely unrealistic, but they were still on the list were uh, Sean Payton, who obviously wasn't getting... And no thank you, please. Yeah, which wasn't going to... It was never, yeah, never going to happen. He was never available. Yeah. And, Johnny Hart! And, John, and, oh, guess who... By the way, guess who uh, kind of has some... Kind of connection there with John Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Joe Douglas, who's in the Eagles front office a, that, now. I, I think about that, but why would you? I mean, you're saying on the potential that John Harbaugh just says, "Okay, Baltimore, I'm done." Yeah, well, there were the rumors last year that, yeah. it, that Baltimore was going to get. I rid don't of think him. it's likely, but I'm just saying if that yeah. if that rare window opens up where like this guy's available, they're going to bounce. They might make the move. I agree, and I, I do think that's an interesting point too, though, because I do think I do think there are a lot of guys on this staff who absent of Doug, they really like. And we all remember they assembled the staff regardless of Doug. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they wanted Schwartz no matter what. They wanted DiFilippo here no matter what. We've which, talked which about again, this. Which again is very weird. Which is very weird. But uh, I think the Deuce is a really interesting name to bring up too because they clearly love Deuce. And I, I mentioned this to you guys before the show, but but John Ritchie has talked about being in the running backs room with Deuce. He said he was the smartest player he's ever played with. He said you could watch tape with Deuce and Deuce can look at a play and tell you exactly what every single person on the field did. Like, Man. this guy did this, this guy did Like, Chris Collinsworth, when he's watching a game, you're like, wow, how do you see all that at once? That's what Deuce is like. So, um, I, I think I think they really like the guys they have, and I think that that whether it's a Deuce or a Filippo or someone like that, I think they do view those guys as future head coaches in this league and potentially future head coaches here. Yeah, I think Filippo is a head coach right now. And I think that there's... You, however we want to look at that Jets blockage thing that was happening there. Like, I really do think that there's going to be a lot of different teams that are still going to be knocking on his door. And I think there's going to be a situation where if it is kind of in the middle, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I would imagine that flip's going to go at some point, you know, he's going <laughs> to, well, he's not going to say me the quarterback's coach. I mean, like, no, he, he, he was already an offensive. Be, yeah, coordinator. exactly. After this, is this will be the last season unless like, 
you know, Carson Wentz is like the word has takes like a million steps backwards or something. Yeah. This will be the last season. DiVolipo is a quarterback's coach. It's just a question of whether he's an OC or head coach here or somewhere else after that. And I wonder, you brought up a, an interesting point too, Brandon. It's just like, where is, I, I still don't really know if, if Joe Douglas has that kind of arm to go, yeah, we're going to kind of do this instead. It kind of still leads me to believe that they are, that Howie's due for another promotion after yeah, this I feel the same year way. where he goes another up one. Yeah. and no, and, and just becomes, you know, kind of co VP of own the team. Czar of the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. He is like the Eagles czar. Uh, where it just becomes, you know, more uh, more Joe's thing. I could see that be him being like, a, you know, t- getting a ten percent stake or whatever. I could totally see that. He's Jeffrey Lurie's <laughs> son. He's related to the man. Come on, and still have a hand in operations and stuff like that too, and just yeah. be more the you know, go out, go out when you need to. I and- just don't know if he'd want to. I think how he wants to have his little fingers and everything. So I don't think that he would be at least from a you know. Uh, uh, you know, roster and and that type of stuff. <laughs> I, I but I so my expectation, I guess, for Doug overall, I really think that people are going to be surprised, and you, a lot of the stuff that we heard from last year won't really be here as much anymore. Especially I, the locker room crap, first of all, and then secondly, I think that yeah, we can always fight about we're not, that. We're again. not getting. Oh, we God. can't do that again. We don't want to make Brendan turn us yeah. off again. <laughs> but uh, I think there is. Uh, you know, with everything that they have here, and literally, I mean, we are just talking about that they needed a guy to catch a football. They have that now. I think Doug schemed really, really well for the stuff that he was given in, and they couldn't score points a lot because they're skill players, and you know, the offensive line and Lane Johnson. We've been through all that a million times, and that didn't hurt. But I mean, he's still, I, I don't know. I'm still pretty impressed with a lot of stuff, even the stuff during OTAs. You know, and maybe it was because I didn't remember. A lot of the stuff happening during the season, tons of different motion sets where, you know, there's a wide receiver and back, and now he's up front. Now the, now the running a, back. He did a fair amount of that Come last a, year. Yeah, like when they went into five wide and things like that, you noticed that a little bit. But this is even a little, even more wrinkles that they're kind of thrown in there. I'm not sure how many guys learned the playbook last year, and it was just like, this is what we're doing. It's always kind of all those different installments. Plus, you have a rookie quarterback, so you're not going to give them the entire playbook in there, too. I just think that it's going to surprise, uh, you know, I think the Eagles got lucky as hell. That's what I think. I think everything that's behind Doug Peterson, all the weird rumors from Kansas City, the process that they got in through here, and I think they lucked out. And I think that's exactly what happened with Andy Reid. Uh, Not to that level. I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that's ever going to win a Super Bowl or anything, but I think he's got enough talent on this team where it won't matter. Well, Andy is not a guy who's won a Super Bowl yet either. Uh, uh, Take them too, I should say. Yeah, look, I I do... um, I think you make some really good points. And, and and me speaking about Doug is just, is my gut feel about the guy as a leader from what we've seen him as the, you know, his ability to, you know, the decision-making, all that type of stuff. But I will say that, that at least from a scheme standpoint, I liked more than I didn't like last year. And I think we will learn a lot about Doug with players. So I, I think it is a very fair point. I'm not... I can't hate on that argument. Like, look, he had the three of us out there playing receiver last year. So I totally get that. (laughs) My gut feel is that I don't know if I trust him to, you know, make those crucial decisions to, to come through and, you know, to react right in big spots and all that. But we'll we'll find that out, Brandon. I like, you're more kind of in the middle between us, a little more pro Doug, obviously than I am, but kind of in the middle. Uh, Look, I hope you're right, John, that they got lucky. Do you think they, that Doug Peterson is the guy? I don't know if he's the guy. And I'm like, not sure about that either. Brother. Yeah, but I think he's not like just, I don't think, I think there's an impression that he's like, oh, he's just some idiot and he doesn't know what he's doing. I think that's unfair. I think 
I will die on the hill that the Eagles were not a bad team last year. You can give me, oh, you are what your record says you are. They're seven and nine. No, they were tied for ninth in point differential. They were tied for seventh in turnover differential. You look at DVOA, they're like fourth or something. They were in the top 10. This was, just think about it. If you don't like me saying any of that stuff, go back to the games and look how many games that they were into right at the end. They were close. These were close games. Sometimes you just don't get lucky. And I think that's the case was last year. I think... We've seen it time and time again. You look at these teams that underperform their record in terms of the point differential and everything, they bounce back the next year. I think this team is poised for some kind of improvement this year. So I feel like seeing that and seeing what Doug did, especially just early on in the season, I think especially was telling to me that he could scheme. It's just that eventually the defense has caught up to it because you can only do so many things with Nelson Aguilar and DGB and those guys out there and a no consistent running back because Ryan Matthews isn't like not consistently in the lineup. And Darren Sproles, who's 33 years old, is like getting a career-high workload at running back. So when you have all that to work with, scheme only goes so far. We know that from Chip Kelly. As well as for you. Um, Culture over scheme, baby! So I, I'm optimistic. I, I don't know if, like, I, I'm not saying definitively he's the guy. I think he, at the very least, has more time to prove that he is. Well, well, and that's definitely going to happen. What I will say to your point, and I do agree with your point in general about when you see teams with a lot of close games, a lot of bad luck, it usually does go the other way the following year. I will say, though, that a few of those bad luck type things were of Doug's design. I mean, Doug helped spur the bad luck, whether it was the Giants game or the Cowboys game. Some of those close games, you can point to decisions Doug made that helped lose those football games. His quarterback will lost. Neither, neither here nor there. Yeah, sure. I mean, but that's the point. I mean, like, I, here's the thing. Like, other than Bill Belichick, does coaching matter that much with anyone? It seems like you like there are a lot of idiots who are at least seemingly idiots who it's do more, well as yeah, coaches and vice just, versa. Like, I, it matters, but at the same time, I think if you have great position coaches, you could probably get by with a, a mediocre head coach and still I think and still win. Semi true, yeah. and because more or less, I think the. Um, you know, and not to take away, I mean, like the game planning, all that different things, the the right play call, you're going to have bad ones. You, you, that's It's impossible to call a perfect game or whatever. Uh, I do think just the right, that you have to make the right decisions at the four most crucial times of a football yeah. game because there's usually three or four of them. And if you choose wrong, you're going to win the, you're gonna yeah. lose the damn game. You yeah. Know? No, it's, we saw, I think that's kind of partially the bad rap on Doug was he made a few of those wrong choices and, and you hope he learned from them. My issue was not as much the wrong choices. It was the constant doubling down after and not admitting that it was the wrong choice. That's the kind of stuff that for me, at least really worries me. 888-729-9494. We're talking to Eagles here until uh, 10 o'clock. Actually, we'll, we'll do a little Sixers for the last half hour as well to kind of lead right up to it. Let's go to Steve in Collegeville. Steve, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Huge fan. Thanks, bud. So talking about Doug's decision-making, really he only made two really bad decisions last year. The second fourth down attempt in the Giants game and punting yes. in the Cowboys game. Really everything else he did, you can defend as saying, like, obviously it didn't work, but it wasn't like a bad thought process. The Giants game I thought was bad because after you go for on fourth down, it doesn't work. You kind of show it for that game, I feel like, and he, he doubled down, like you said. But really, I thought he he did some creative stuff, and he he was actually like a great coach last year. You know what's funny is we forget about that Dallas game too, and everybody brings up the swing pass, but nobody brings up the fact that they had Josh Huff try and throw a touchdown pass yeah. or whoever that was two plays before that. Like that's to me, that's I think that's a wasted play too. There yeah. there are some things which which get you into that, but I'm I'm with you, Steve. I think there's you know there was more there was more good than there was bad considering the personnel that was down there. Now if 
I, I think with both with Carson and with Doug, there isn't a lot of excuses now because they've fixed, at least offensively, something to actually throw at to go along with Ertz and those and those guys. I'm not sure if they're going to run the ball more. I don't know what they're what they're expecting. But is your expectation now, Steve, that because these things are set in place, that these guys should be humming and rolling and there, there shouldn't be in a, a lot of big bumps in the road here? Yeah, I definitely think they, they should put some points on the board. Um, going back to that Josh Huff pass, I mean, sure, it, did, it was questionable, but it was a high-risk, high-reward situation. It was just so the wrong time. I don't work. hate the I don't hate timing. The, yeah, 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 it was the timing of it. It was I don't hate the concept of of trick plays or doing that kind of stuff to catch a defense off balance. It was just a bad time to call that play. The risk was too big a risk to take in that spot. Yeah, I agree. The only really thing that had me raging at the time was the Cowboys punt because he punted for 30 yards of field position. Well, especially when he had already made a kick longer than that in the game. It was like, <laughs> come on, he's a good kicker. Might yeah. as well just go. Yeah, yeah. exactly, And that Steve. one, which, and the other one, Appreciate which we've call, talked buddy. about ad nauseum since, though, but we can't forget the uh, the two-yard challenge because that was, that yeah. was an, a, a heinous, <laughs> atrocious decision in the moment where every single person watching, every single person in the scene was like, what Who the cares? hell are you doing? Who he, cares? Like, he admitted he was wrong with that one. And he did. One. That yeah. was one of the few yeah. where he admitted he was wrong, which was yeah. nice to see. But but I, not in the press conference. Well, that's because he never the did. The day after he did, And though. that's what makes me angry. <laughs> it's like he never – it's like you can mess up. I'm cool with that. Everyone makes mistakes in any line of work or any business. But when it is clearly a mistake, you know it's a mistake. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think I understand the theory. And this is an excuse for Doug. But just in general, with coaches, and if you got dummies like me that are in the media room and questioning you, the football guy, but me, not the football get over guy, and that was the, but your, your first immediate reaction is to get defensive, then though, you isn't gotta it? you got to get over that because he did that. You're right. He did that thing where he's like, well, if you understand football, he would always say stuff like that to a yeah. But you can't do that, dude. Like, I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. Like, you're the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. You have to know better than to talk. Because that's just going to create animosity with both fans and with reporters. Like, it's just a bad tack to take. We've mentioned uh, Nelson Aguilar. We've mentioned DGB. One of those guys isn't here anymore. We'll get into that. Plus, uh, Jordan Hicks injury. More discussions on what we're expecting and a lot more. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hey, we're partying in here. We got all kinds of coffee. Not beer. I wish it was beer, but I hope you have a beer in your hand. It's 820 Sports Radio 94 WIP. What did you say? We're big pimping? We, uh, yeah, big pimping with Ventes. <laughs> What's up? It's BGN Radio. Parchard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and James Seltzer, Brandon Lee, gotten all hanging out with you till 10 o'clock. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Nelson Aguilar, DGB, one of those guys is not here. If you've been living under a rock, I'm just so excited, fellas. I just can't, like, <laughs> I, I thought that there was going to be at least one or two preseason games with DGB in it. And now I'm I'm so happy because you get to see if Marcus Johnson is a thing. You get to see if Nelson Aguilar can play in the slot a little bit. We get to see kind of maybe Jordan Matthews. Is he still going to be here? There's still that game kind of going in the air. The differences in how they're going to use him with Torrey and Alshon on the outside. What what uh, are they going to run for wide receiver sets? Like, there's a bunch of different questions. Out. I'm just so happy, and I can't believe that something just happened so quickly of incredible hype machine to just gone before training camp happens. That made that made my brain very happy because I didn't understand. I didn't understand the hype around him. 
but he's no longer here, James, and that's that should be celebrated a little bit. Yeah, it made my soul happy, John, is where, is where I would tell you. I mean, just to not... Like you keep saying, like, oh, we get to watch Marcus Johnson, we get to watch Nelson Aguilar, we get to, we just don't, we get to not watch DGB is the key to never have to watch that guy play football in an Eagles uniform again, and let's be real, probably any uniform ever again, because yeah. I think he might be Dunzo Dunzo. He's got no one claimed him. He's got huh? one. He's got one more. No one somewhere. claimed him. I mean, how the he's six five and was a second round pick two years ago. And he's about to be out of the league. Like, it's just like he stinks, man. He is just terrible at football. He doesn't play with effort. He doesn't play with any sort of, you know, uh, care about what he's doing. I mean, Brandon, I mean, how many times have we seen that guy run the wrong route? I mean, your video, John, from, from uh, you know, oh, the yeah. OTAs he's, where it's like falls over. embarrassing. Like, I, I, I thank you, Eagles, for understanding that we did not want to see this guy anymore. And for those people out there kind of like oh you know the Eagles supporting cast wasn't that bad look DGB played like 56 percent of the snaps <laughs> or something he and honestly I think you said it John what he was like the second best, second wide, best receiver wide receiver on the team last year yeah pretty much and and here's the thing and that's why you talked about the hype machine and you didn't understand where it came from John I mean part of it was that just the fact that we knew how bad these Eagles wide receivers were last offseason and when they traded Dennis Kelly for him, which, you know, you could say they lost the trade or whatever now, but it's it's Dennis Kelly. And his deal was up after the year anyway. So whatever. It was, it was really nothing. But to get a wide receiver in here, that's how desperate we were. We were so desperate that at one point last season, I know you remember this, James, John was like, let's trade a first-round pick for Brandon Marshall. He was like, <laughs> I was 30, dying. 34 right. years old. Yeah. Yes. We so were talking about trading a fourth, fourth for Tory Smith, yeah. who was – just as bad as anybody and else. And the contract was yeah. awful. And the contract was awful. Yeah. No, it's a great point. I mean, it was it was like, it's it, it it's really actually really hard to fathom. Like when you stop and think how much that guy DGB played last year. Like uh, again, going back to the first segment, like the best argument that you guys can make for Doug Peterson is not a bad <laughs> coach. Is DGB played fifty six percent of the snaps last year? How could you possibly judge him? Yeah, exactly. And Jack, I remember you kind of chiming in at least this past week. And by the way, Jack's going to have a new Counterpoint podcast, which is brand new in our BGN radio feed at BGN underscore radio. You can follow us there. But I think you had even mentioned at one point, I think it it, it flowed into our minds like, all right, DGB is not going to be that great, but that Colts preseason game when he goes up against one of their DBs and it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, it, he's the finally the red zone threat that Philadelphia has always wanted. Don't go into my head when when he did that because it was dark thoughts. It was we have TO 2.0. I haven't though. In my defense, in my defense, we have not seen an Eagles receiver catch a fade route in the corner of the end zone in ten years. So I was true. Yeah. I mean seriously, I, I was I was in a vulnerable spot. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Pla Plaxico 2.0. I can't tell you how many times I freaking heard that. He's Plax, guys. We got him finally. He's here, and oh my God, we only had to give up Dennis Kelly. What a steal, man. I mean, it's not like Dennis Kelly had a great year either. No, but no. Dennis Kelly's certainly better than DG. Who's yeah. a, we can say without a shadow of a doubt, Dennis Kelly is better at football than DGB. And but a lot still of, not good. Oh, no, oh, no yeah, he's still, still, still not good. And looks like The Undertaker. Yeah. So, you know, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> I think he only started six games for Tennessee, and then also got it didn't matter anyway. But yeah. uh, I, I, the only bugaboo that I have with the DGB release is the common response of like, what a waste of an athlete. Let's get this right, guys. He was never an athlete. Nope. 
That was the that was a problem to begin with. You look at a spider chart; it looks like somebody took an ant and squished it right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of. I mean, like, sure, he's got speed, he's got length. He's just he, tall and fast. His that's it. Best skill was looking like a wide receiver. Yes, that's that, it. Yes, that's a great point. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. He looked like a wide receiver. The greatest decoy ever that can never. I mean, guys. I mean, we're talking about, and Brandon even mentioned this on the podcast this week. We're talking about a, a guy in Jalen Watkins who's six, maybe. <laughs> Six feet at at, the, at best and, and bad t- and terrible and can outplay that guy. Oh. Like you just got to be like, wow. Oh. Anyway, he's going to end up on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that's uh, it's, the DGB. It's, you think? Yeah, he, he's he's it, once training camp ends, once the uh, you know, oh no, they can't do that anymore. It's yeah. just one cut down. It's day. one cut down, man. So I don't know. You're right. Maybe, Bruce Arians definitely does have an ego big enough to think he can fix DGB. <laughs> I think so. Let's go to our good friend James in New Mexico. James, what's going on, buddy? Good to hear from you. Uh, good to hear you guys, too. Really enjoy the show, guys. Thanks, man. What's going on with you? So uh, a couple weeks ago, you all talked about, you know, how much money Carson Wentz might be making, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when his contract would come due. Well, basically, I got really bored at work one night. Nice. <laughs> we do that all the time, too. I'm, I'm yeah. excited for what you found. <laughs> yeah. So I, I basically uh, just uh, basically created a product that kind of looked at past QB salaries and uh, and then basically try to predict kind of what the next few years. James, did you do this in free. Excel by any chance? Yes, this is. Excel. <laughs> I love this. Okay. About, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm thinking about posting it on a uh, BGN. You should. Uh, yes. Awesome. Oh, please please do. Do. Yes. <laughs> but uh, basically, I'll try and keep this short. So I did a top 15 average, top 10, and top five. Wow. Okay. So, uh, about uh, top 15 average salary percentage of the salary cap. It's around 13, 14 percent of the salary cap okay, uh, for a QB. Um, uh, top 10 is more of like thir- uh, 14 to 15. And then top five salary is more like 15 to 16%. So um, looking at possibly if we're hoping Carson Wentz being a top five QB wow. by 2019, looking at probably around 27.85 million a year. That's yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's about and, and Hey now. Now, did you establish all that from like, uh, the that's cap- like less than a year of what James Harden's going to make. But anyway, <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was ridiculous. But is, is, is that with the cap going up every year too? Like there's not, yeah, so that was two biggest things is basically the cap, uh, kind of going up roughly 10 million a year. Or so kind of like what it has been. So that's a huge factor. And it doesn't, I don't take into account, like, you know, who's going to be making, you know, going into their new big contracts like Jameis Winston and Mariota and mm-hmm. all that. Sure. So, but, great uh, yeah, great yeah. work. This is awesome. Yeah. Man. So that's what I'm saying. If he, if he evolves even down to like, you know, 15 or whatever, and even with that percentage trickling down, there's not much difference in between there at the lowest. Maybe yeah. it's a, a 24 point something. If he's in the 15, 25, 26, if it's a little higher than there. So it's going to, but that, there is a yeah. difference. I mean, it does matter. Like oh, I know sure it's it like, but like when you're working with these types of numbers and these caps, like, you know, a few million here, a few million there does make a gigantic difference. Yeah. So the goal yeah. would be to pay him top 15 money. And then all of a sudden he becomes a top five quarterback. Yes, that's that exactly time, right. right. <laughs> so yeah, James, so, we, pre- we appreciate the man. Yeah. Throw that up on BGN and we appreciate the phone call as always that's uh that's, that's some awesome fun. man shout I, out to, to james for taking the time to do that he's the smartest james on this show that's for sure. <laughs> i you know that's the fun part about the the dead zone is just going to look at literally anything that you're curious about it's just oh, like yeah. yeah that's how i mean that's how i talked myself into sam bradford two years ago so uh, so maybe it's not a great yeah, thing don't do that <laughs> don't do it and it is july so 
Maybe that's the other side topic that we should have going out. If you can remember your worst Eagles hot take that never came true through, like you declared something in July, because I tend to notice these things a lot. When it gets really boring football-wise, July just arguments start to heat up, whether that's on social media, in the comments when somebody posts an article, or just like, oh, this is just the most ludicrous thing ever. And since we've been talking about wide receivers and expectations, and we already said there's not too many excuses for Doug now personnel-wise, maybe, and, and there certainly probably isn't defensively, now that they've kind of shored up that line, and that's where the philosophy is with Jim Schwartz, We know there's probably still going to be some corner and secondary issues where it's a little bit up and down to start. There's rookies out there. That's understandable. Is there any excuses left for Carson Wentz coming into this season if he is still 16 and 14, if it's, you know, humming right around the 3,000 yards or 3,200 yards? Is that something that is going to start tweaking your minds the second year of Carson Wentz if nothing really jumps out at you. Yeah, I mean, well, absolutely. If nothing does, like, if it's the same quarterback as last season, then yes, that's a worry for me. But especially we've talked a ton about the importance of the the leap from year one to year two, the stuff surrounding him, the comfort of being in the league the second year, of being in the offense the second year, all that stuff. Yes, if he does not show some sort of forward movement, forward progress, I'm going to be worried. Having said that, I don't need him to take a massive leap. I don't need him to become a top 10 quarterback this year or something like that. If I just see him making smarter decisions, if I see, you know, the opportunity to throw some deep balls and, and complete them just so I don't have to hear that anymore. Um, you know, if I Air just yards. Yeah, yeah, if I just see, <laughs> if, I see yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I see some progress, I'm gonna be okay. But I do think you're right. Look, if he's if it's exact same guy as last year, then yeah, I think you have to worry. I, uh, I'm right with you there, James. I think, you know, we have to see some kind of progress just because I don't I don't think there's no excuses. I mean, it could totally, uh, you know. Well, maybe, regard, I mean, like if everybody yeah. stays right. healthy. Yeah, there's people that get some stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I, I think, th- I, but still, I don't, I'm not assuming, you know, like what James said, he's going to just become this rookie, you know, who went like what, like 19 and 16 last year. And then now, oh, he's a top 10 guy or he's an MVP candidate. You know, obviously we're not expecting that. I, I do wonder, you know, if the, Carson Wentz progression could take a little longer than expected because think about it now. Like, he wasn't supposed to play really at yep. all last year. Like, this was supposed to be his first year. Now, he did play last year. So, obviously, that timetable gets moved up a little bit. But I don't think we should expect him to be a finished product by any means this season. Yeah. Well, especially because even though, yes, we have added new pieces and new receivers, they're still all brand new. Like, they've never played football together. Alshon, yes. Torrey, LeGarrette Plunt, all these guys have never played together and they never played with Carson Wentz. So, I, you know, if nothing else, you have to assume it's going to take a few weeks of, of organized real football for them to really start to get a feel for each other as well. Yeah, and it's just, and you're right. And it's just there's there hasn't been – there's still a, a ton of changes that have happened even though it's the second year in here. And it's for the better. I mean, Absolutely, it's not like it's yeah. not like, well, he was near less. So it's gonna take that. <laughs> no, it's for that. At yeah. least you still have Zach Ertz for the yes. second year because that's the excuses that they were using throughout this thing. Injury and, mm-hmm. well, we just haven't had the same quarterback. There is legitimate points – to those things. Um, yeah, I I feel like this is I and maybe it's just because we really have a lot of a lot of checks to cash here, but I just feel like he's gonna come out of his shell a little bit. You know, I think that there is going to be this is the first time that, you know, he wasn't just kind of like, Well, here you go, kid. 
You know, again, it's I, I, I'm not trying to use it as an excuse, but it really is just being like, by the way, you're going to be the starter next week. Yeah. It is different. It's, a, it's different. It's crazy. To speed up all that, plus you had, he had, I mean, we were all there for the Tampa game uh, during the preseason, and he gets hurt. You know, you have no no time no, to work on those mechanics. another great point. And great none point. of that stuff, and then you're just thrusted and into were, it because the deal's too good. And everybody came from no, a small college, Exactly. Too. So there's there are things that, you know, take time with that, and... Sure, and this is what I guess I'm more annoyed about all the arguments that we're going to get into with draft Twitter, with Cowboys fans, with everything that's regarding it. It has turned into Wentz versus Dak all the time. Yeah, one thing I know that just... Wentz signs his own autographs, so at least you know <laughs> Bang. got that going, right? Oh yeah, we'll get into that too because <laughs> Cowboys are having a spectacular offseason along with it, it during this entire dead zone too. But like, can I just see that I think? From everybody's perspective, I think they Dak is over and underrated, and so is Carson Wentz at the same time. Like they, both fan bases, I think tend to overrate what's happening here, and there's a lot of arguments of who and why. But I got to tell you, like there are parts of draft Twitter which drive me insane when you are trying to have a normal discussion. Guys who are supposed to be quote unquote objective about what they're seeing. I got into a discussion with some of the guys in Minnesota and some of the guys that cover the Falcons and things like that. They're one of their main points on saying that Dak Prescott overall improved. Because I honestly asked, I said, okay, if there's this thing where everybody's constantly defending Dak Prescott, as far as like, oh, it's not just the weapons you still have to put in his hands. Sure. I think those are all legitimate points. I think it doesn't mean automatically that anybody can do it because Matt Castle and Brandon Whedon are terrible. And it didn't really help them really through there. Des was hurt through that season too. But the main point of, where did Dak improve those skill guys was, well, Des Bryant jumped from 17 yards per game in 2016 as opposed to 2015. And I go, well, yeah, Matt Castle and Brandon Wienan suck. <laughs> I will gladly say that Dak Prescott is. And then it's just like it gets into this whole whole weird spiral of draft Twitter where they just don't accept that weapons don't make quarterback stats go up. And I'm like, did we not experience 27 and 2 with Nick Foles? Did we not experience <laughs> Derek Anderson? Did we not experience all these other different quarterbacks that we go, wow, this guy's got it? And then all of a sudden, it just disappears. I'm not saying that's go- what's going to happen with that. I'm tired of the spiking the damn football after one year with both of these guys. It does a disservice to both of them. It doesn't help Eagles fans or Cowboys fans, which. Again, I'm rubbing my hands very, very warmly because if they're if they're expecting Ben Roethlisberger to be out there in the second year, more power to him. But I don't think that Eagles fans should be spiking the football either. Can't we just wait and see what's going to happen with some actual football players that can catch a damn football first and then make a judgment on what's happening then? Yeah, uh, no question. I mean, it's and, and it like like you said, I think it's just it's really unfair to to try and a cast dispersions off one season and to to look at these guys against each other. And it's always going to happen for the rest of their careers. Uh-huh. They are going to be looked at against each other because it's Eagles Cowboys and because they were taking the same draft and all that stuff. But it's like, and this, I know Brandon has made this point so many times, but like, all the times pretty much <laughs> like you, it's just not, it's not an apples to apples comparison. It's not fair to look at what Carson Wentz did and look at what Dak Prescott did and put them up side by side because Dak Prescott was playing with the best offensive line in the history of football, obviously 
you know, but a running game and wide receivers and talent around him. So, uh, you know, Brandon, I know this is something you've you've harped on, uh, you know, nonstop. Uh, like it is just, it's not. You can't, like you said, John. It's been one year, and and we had completely different situations. It is just way too soon to try and you know map it out. Like he that. also had the third fewest attempts, so it's not even like you're asking him to carry the team. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz has the second most attempts of any rookie quarterback ever while throwing. Say to that again. The second most ever. attempts of any rookie quarterback <laughs> in ever. The and who is he throwing to in those situations? <laughs> He's throwing to like the NFL's He's throwing to my mom. Worst group of wide Your receivers. Mom is way better than DGB. Come on, man. <laughs> Potentially ever. I don't know. Maybe. I, or last I, year's I certainly ever. said the, the worst. It's in the conversation, yeah, at least. In my so, opinion, for sure. So like just to compare that, it's insane to me. I think and just going back to Nick Foles, who, you know, I hate, obviously. <laughs> but seriously. Sorry, Nick. So, yeah, sorry. I mean, obviously a nice no, guy. Yeah, but great guy. As but a I, player, I don't want to see him on the field. I should rephrase that. I just don't <laughs> want to see him on the field. Yeah. Um, but to like to go watch that season and see twenty seven and two and go back to think how all excited. I mean, I'm, I wasn't on board. I'm gonna say that, but I'm just saying think about how like the majority of people were like, "This is the guy. We have him. Like we're set. This is gonna be awesome." And Chip Kelly and everyone's excited. And then what happened? Now he's a backup, and he's back here. I'm not saying that'll happen to Dak, but like it could. I think it could happen. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that's what I expect to happen. I'm not saying it's the most realistic projection. But like all these Cowboys fans spiking the football at the goal line. Like, let's see how he does. Let's see how he does with this offensive line, which, by the way, isn't looking as good as it was mm-hmm. before. Let's like. Let's see. Let's say see how he does over time. Let's see how he does when he has to throw the ball and be the guy carrying the team. Yeah, I like how you said spike it at the goal line because it yeah. wouldn't count, right? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we're the best. Uh, oops, oops. So by the way, they just picked it up the and ran Desha- it back 99 Deshaun yards. Deshaun Jackson, yeah. we like to call that. Yeah, the Deshaun Jackson. So, yeah, it's it's incredible to me. Like, where all of these guys are pitted up against one another and, like, there's – and Carson Wentz had a bad year and us as Eagles fans – Need to stop making excuses for a lot of that stuff when it is clearly Carson Wentz's fault, but also recognize at the same time he's a rookie that got thrown into a really weird situation with a lot of different changes and a lot of different shuffling that's going on. It doesn't mean he's going to be bad forever, which draft Twitter and a lot of people nationally, I think, want. It's amazing to me that all these quote-unquote draft guys that watch from the couch are all out on this guy, and it only took like five guys in that community to completely shut it down. But for some reason, all of the national analysts that that's what they get paid to do are all about, yeah, just calm down and and uh, and let this thing ride out for a little bit. So uh, we'll get into that. Plus, uh, the Cowboys offseason continues into uh, just a wonderful dismay that we love here. It's more BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Damian Wilson arrested. Irving suspended four games for uh, a substance uh, abuse. Or not substance abuse, but a substance. Uh, PEDs. <laughs> yeah, PEDs is basically what I'm trying to say. Ezekiel Elliott, according to I think both Schefter and Kaplan, are uh, very much still under investigation to a point where. It was such a weird situation and how they described it. Like, it was almost like, hey, there's a thing that could definitely happen. And then they're like, but I don't know if it's ever going to come around. So there's something that's definitely there that I think they're debating between NFL PA and just everything that's going along with that. 
And then, of course, uh, the man that we were just talking about, Dak Prescott, with a, what exactly happened here, BLG? He was accused of faking autographs with an auto pen. So basically, you know, they're looking at these cards and they're like, hmm, a lot of these uh, signatures seem to be exactly the same over and over, almost <laughs> like machine-like. That's basically what... So this company that like, you know, Hero uh, imperfections, that yeah, type of thing. Like yeah. they verify the authenticity of the signature. They're like, we can't verify this because wow. this looks fake. Wait, and, 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 and can we be real? Like if it looks fake, it's fake. Yes. I mean, come yeah. on, man. Like it's a handwriting it like and, and you know what? I'm sorry. Like whether it was Dak or whether it was an eagle, if an eagle did this, I would say the same thing. It is an outrage like people if this you know when it when it's proven i should say like people should <laughs> people should be livid because that is that is messed up man like scummy. That is, it's dark yeah it's scummy it's like like these are kids or whatever it's just as scummy like, as eli manning and what he did great it's exactly as scummy it is lying to people it is lying to your fans like it makes me really mad. Like I get worked up over this. And it's uh <laughs> yeah, so two and uh, but it's interesting that two quarterbacks in the NFC East are you know, and yeah. just, just happen to play for the two biggest rivals of this football team. <laughs> Washington will get to you a little later on. But uh there's there's just so many different um kind of things that you're just like, What the hell, man? And so those cards are Panini America cards. And I think Panini America's it's not them. That really, I don't think they're at fault here. No. Uh, because they, they do have a great product, and I really enjoy it. We actually covered the Panini America event this draft go. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because there were guys that have a lot of clout in that room. Like from Mike Williams to uh, Pat Mahomes was in there, and uh, just everybody. Everybody came through there for 12 hours and they signed every single one of those things. Yep. They were on camera. They were doing card openings. They literally did everything. There was waivers that they signed. They're saying, this is my signature. I'm not leaving this room until all these little things are are, are penned out. And that, listen, they, they gave me a few packs. I thought it was cool. I was a big, I'm a big Adore Jackson fan. I still kind of am. I got, I pulled one of his cards. I was like, oh my God, that's his, yeah. that's his thing. And, and, and if you lose any of that, Especially for card collectors and whatever. That's I mean, you can get fully nerded out about that. I'm not I'm not talking about those guys, but just in general of just imagine that's a little kid and going like, Oh my god, it's this autograph and I, you know it's actually that's just somebody stamping a freaking card. Well, you know? you, you, there's actually a word for it. It's fraud. Yeah. It's called <laughs> it's yeah. fraud. Okay. Exactly. Like it is a crime. And and like you said, it's really like like it's ultimately a crime against people who are supposed to be your fans. Like people who like you're supposed to like be like I don't know about Dak or whatever, but like I'm, I'd be grateful for anyone to be my fan in anything. I'd be like, wow, that is really, I'm so grateful. Like, thank you. I'm gonna lie to you now. Like, that's really what it is. It's outrageous. And what are you really gaining? You know, like what's like what? It's not like you're, you know, you're trying to like when you think of fraud, usually you think of people trying to get like a to lot of money, money or yeah, something. Totally. And that's yeah. just like, who are you cheating? Like, what are you really cheating? Like, what's the goal here? Like, yeah, what, you're a saving free your... hour that yeah, you don't like, have to, gonna... like, use your hand to write? It, it's like... something like that. Do you guys think he should be suspended for that? Do you, <laughs> do you think he should get fined? What do you think should I, happen? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think both with both situations between Eli and Dak, I think there should be... I mean, there, there has crime. to be a fine, well, right? it's a crime. It's bad. It is a crime. It is fraud. Even like... if it's not, it's subject to the NFL's conduct policy. Sure. So they can punish him. Yeah. At a minimum, too, I, I just, you know, if they can go after guys for, you know social media stuff and you know we our good friend Joel Embiid just got nailed with it with the NBA and, <laughs> and for, you know whatever I don't know I thought, it, I, thought, oh, yeah. I thought it was righteous 
Uh, no, very right. Well, you some Michael Rappaport, who's a Knicks fan, <laughs> said, put out on Twitter. He's like, if someone starts a legit GoFundMe, I'll put a thousand dollars towards paying him. That's amazing. Fine. It's awesome. See, that's where Rappaport always kind of like takes me out, brings me back I in because he's wild and crazy, and he's kind of an idiot, but he's also awesome. He's at the awesome. Same time, so. I like him. Yeah, uh, I yeah. So I, I think there should be at least at a minimum there should be a humongous fine. Yes, that's ridiculous. I don't think I don't think it's necessary to punish him for games or anything like that. But that's like. That looks that's that's terrible branding for the NFL for every imagine if Carson Wentz did that here in this town like we would be would be freaking outraged oh, yeah. by that it would it would kind of be like well what kind of guy are you it's the same way that I looked at Eli Manning after like dude I don't care like how involved you were in it but you were involved in like trying to say like here's some yeah I, I wore this yeah I wore this I wore this I wore this and and trying to like you know get one over on people what do you gain out of that. You know, other than uh, like you said, James, unless there's like a side uh, side money that's coming from you, that's and weird even to me. then, the point is just just sell the real stuff. Like you could still make money by actually signing it yourself. Like it's it's just <laughs> so it's so it's it's just so scummy. Like it's so like low. It, you know, is the word I'm thinking of is low. You can say he's scummy, but people forget that he threw the trash in the trash can that one time. Oh yeah, last he season. Picked, he picked so the, he don't question the, the guy's character. Okay? Yes, yes. Oh brother. That is, but that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, like, people should throw his autographs in the trash. Oh, yeah. I don't. Because they're not even his. Because they're not even his. And I wouldn't even see. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just all getting in my head. But that's why, I like, you know, Carson's got the, the the nice like. Oh, I'm a I'm a clean cut guy. Oh it? yeah. He's, he's got some skeletons in his closet. We just don't know about yeah, them. They're, 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 yeah, he's got a bunch of like deer skeletons in his skeletons. Or whatever that thing was from New Zealand that he decided yes. to shoot and bring back and do all that other different stuff. Oh, our good friend Scott from Barrington's on the line, 888 What's going on, buddy? Yo, yo, Jay Security, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing much just came from the sports bar, some good food, couple of drinks. Nice, you know, but um anyway it's a radio station, so let's move on. Um <laughs> I was always enjoyed talking to you. Brother Jay is not making me laugh. I'm trying to be serious. But um let's do a little Eagles talk if I may. Um fellas, wow. Um I'm excited. Uh August tenth, first preseason game. A few questions, um, for you gentlemen. I know what I know. My man talking about he really didn't like Nick Foles too much, but realistically, if you look around the NFL, is it safe to say we probably have the best backup? Oh man, that's always a dangerous, dangerous discussion, Scott. Because like the best backup, I remember, I remember that happening. What, what was oh. it with the? Oh, the Cowboys said that at one point, right? Or no, Washington People said it last year with well, the Eagles. I, I, I was about to say Chase Daniels been the best backup in the league for years, apparently. Ooh, so. did, I, did, I, did I hear an S? Did I hear an S? No, I said Chase. Dang, I thought I caught it. No, what I, I did, Chase him. Daniels, been is oh, what yeah, I said. Yeah, because yeah, he like it was possessive. <laughs> there was an apostrophe there. Yeah, I mean, it's it, listen. He's he's comfortable with this type of a West Coast scheme. It's what he kind of had in his rookie year. He's uh, fine. I think he's, he's yeah, fine. It's, it's fine. If he starts four games, I think he can win two. Yeah, just, he's yeah, fine. Yeah. Decent he, he, enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fair enough. And um, last question, fellas. Um, what um, what rookie are you interested in seeing this year? And I'll, and I'll give my answer also. Yeah, well, I want to hear yours first, Scott. Who are, who are you most excited I'm, I'm, about? I'm going to say, I'm actually going to say two. I'm going to say Rashul Rish- Douglas. Mm-hmm. They say he's been looking. I know it's been practiced, but you need to be going up against all Sean. Tory Smith, I'm going to say him, and um, Mighty Mouse Jr., Darnell Pumphreys, um, with his size and his speed, I'm just going to see how it transitions into the um, NFL. Who you, who you guys interested in well, seeing out of the rookies? Absolutely. We appreciate the call, Scott. I think there's – I would say Razul's still probably on the top of my list there because there's still, like – 
You know, he didn't do great against Alshon. In fact, he did pretty bad against Alshon. But did great against Tory. Did great against, uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar. And I know that probably doesn't mean a ton to everyone. It's like, well, of course he's going to. But uh, I, I do think he's got all the tools there. And I think he that that's one guy that's at, t- uh, at the top of my list. I would say I'm still most excited to see Derek Barnett. Me too. Though. I mean, like yeah. this Me is. Too. I can't. I feel like we're underrating all of a sudden. It's yeah. like I'm so excited to see all these other guys, and it's like, what about the guy who you took first and who's going to who be will awesome? Play. Yeah. I guarantee you, by week four, Derek Barnett will be in every single person's mouth. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's no doubt about this kid at all. Like I've never like. I know I've we've had we've had projections. <laughs> I should have rec- said phrasing there. Well, what, Derek oh. Barnett will be in every person's <laughs> mouth. Well, well, and this is a family radio this station, is, Sean. Listen, Saturday at nine o'clock, we can get a little stay here. No, uh, they they will be on. He will be on everyone's mind. He's going to be one hundred percent like it was like. Ooh, Who's the next jersey I'm going to buy? And everybody's like, "Oh, Derek Barnett." That's going to be that's going to be the conversation. BLG. I think he could be defensive rookie of the year. Ooh. I really think. I really, I'm not going to say he's the favorite at this point, but I think he should be one of the. I don't like who else is it going to be. I, obviously, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. <laughs> um, is there anyone else obvious that we're forgetting um, here? Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, I mean, one if of Reuben Foster yeah, ends up maybe being something okay. like that. If someone like Lattimore has a bunch of interceptions Jonathan or something Allen. like that. <laughs> yeah, but I think John, if it's Jonathan yeah. Allen, that'll be that'll but, be great. But I honestly think Barnett's like. Right up there, right like as for what I'm projecting him, and I I think the playing time is really the only thing that could hold him back. Obviously, if they're in, he's in a heavy rotation and he's playing well, but they're just not giving him all the snaps because he's still have Vinnie Curry here. You're getting Chris Long involved. Stephen Means has had a good camp, so maybe they you know give some snaps to him too. I think the only thing that that's the only thing that could hold him back. I mean, he again, it's early. We didn't see him with pads. There's a lot of time for things to change, but he just looked like the real deal, and he's only 20 years old. Like, that's crazy. For him to come in here and to be able to beat Lane Johnson like he did, very good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. No, I go was going to say, and plus, like, I think people will be shocked at how advanced he is. when they, If you haven't seen a lot of Tennessee football, if you haven't seen, you know, the, the training camp OTA stuff, like, I think people will be surprised at the, the moves and, like, how technically sound he is off the jump. He's going to make it extremely hard not to start right away. I think that's that's going to be the case there. 888-729-9494. Uh, we'll stick with the Eagles for another 25, 30 minutes, we'll get into some Sixers as they're rolling right, right along because I have got some Lonzo Ball takes as well. And, oh, my goodness, are they going to be fun. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Iron Maiden on a Saturday night. John Barton, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee, got them all hanging out right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is the thing. This, I don't know if <laughs> this is at, uh, from Tommy Heater on the Twitter.com. The Heater. The Geeter with the Heater? At, not the Geeter with the Heater. Not the Geeter with the Heater. At 28 Heater. So he, he tweets <laughs> Tw- it. Not 27 Heater. 28, yeah, 28 Heater. Got it. 28 Good. Heater. Uh, Eli told, this is in response to our or Eli fraud comments. Eli told them to use stuff that can pass for game worn. <laughs> Do you honestly think Eli is in cahoots with that smearing? Oh, and it, with that, and then uh, comma smearing isn't respectful. What Tommy just described is fraud. <laughs> 
passport. Uses, yeah, this is passport. Passport game worn. People think it was game worn, even though it wasn't. That's what I'm going to do here. His intentions, his intentions, and what is what is it doing are two different things here. This what? is a, this is amazing. Yeah, no, that's that, that's uh, that's the whole point of just like here's a bunch of stuff. Just put a little grass on it and say it was game worn. No, like any of that stuff, no matter what Eli does, no matter what Dak does, is not. His actual signature, it's not his actual game-worn jersey, which means it's fraudulent. Yes, you are defrauding people. You are saying this is something that it is not. It is a crime. It is illegal. And, and again, it is just a really, you know, crappy thing to do to someone, especially, again, people who are – like, if you're buying an Eli game-worn jersey, it's probably because you're an Eli fan. If not, you you know you want to burn it or something. Which you know, shout out props. Uh, but you know, if you probably are like like so, you like not only are you lying and doing something scummy, you're doing it to the people who are supposed to support you the most. It's just screwed up. Yeah, it's it's just dumb. Like it's not it's not an acceptable thing to do, no matter what you know his intentions were or not. It doesn't matter what the intentions were. It's still. Still present, still there. So, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, yeah, and like if I were to, you know, drop a curse word on the air and I could say my intentions, I didn't intend to do that. (laughs) So, that's okay, right? Like, you know, I'm not going to get in trouble for it. But, like, you know, yes, exactly. And people get fired for that. So, (laughs) yeah, they do. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it got us thinking. We're talking a lot about Eagles' expectations, and uh, we'll still get, get into those as well. If you have some on, whether that's Doug or Carson, the wide receiver core, how the defense is going to look for this. Second year with some new parts in there, 888-729-9494. But also, what's your expectations, I guess, for the rest of the NFC East? It's hard for me to kind of figure this thing out. I don't think I've really changed my mind much. I think the Giants are still going to be a little bit, I don't want to say a surprise because they still had, you know, a pretty strong year defensively. The offense is still kind of up in the air. They add my favorite wide receiver of all time who I wanted to trade a first round pick for in a in complete delusion in Brandon Marshall. Uh, I, I, I just kind of see them as the de facto people that you kind of have to worry about in this division right now. I think Dallas the is going to, uh, yeah, I think yeah, I the team that the Eagles are 14 <laughs> and four against in their last 18 games well, is the team that you have to worry about. I, I'm just saying, I think that no, no, I'm not saying worry about, it. I'm just saying they're going to be, they're neck and neck with the Eagles, neck and neck with Dallas, maybe somewhere along those lines. I still think the Giants are are, are have improved the most. Yeah, I I, I don't. I think da- <laughs> they've actually gotten the worst of the. Like they had the Giants had one glaring monumental weakness in their offensive line, and what did they do to fix that? They got worse there. So like I, I like I, I actually think the Giants are gonna regress. I think it's I think Dallas is the real competition. I think Dallas is going to be good again. Um I don't think they're gonna go thirteen and three good or whatever. Again. What are you trying to say, James? They had a first round bye last year. I know. I'm saying for the second year in a row. What do you want me to say? They were good last year. I, I, was, just tra- I was just trying to be a Dallas uh, fan for good. you. Yeah, yeah. But that's true, actually. They would get mad. Yeah. You- anyway. How um, dare you? I think, I think, I honestly, I think the Giants are going to take a step back. I'm not scared of the Giants at all. Uh, but Dallas, I think, I think if I were to bet on a team to win the division right now, as, as much as I want the Eagles to, I would bet on Dallas. And you say that, but we haven't seen a repeat. NFC East winner. It's a great point. Since the early 2000s. So we always think that sometimes, like, oh, you know, the team that won the division, they're just going to do it again. doesn't happen. At least it hasn't happened in it's a true. very long time. So you say that. I think the gap between Dallas and the rest of the East has definitely closed. I did a post on bleedinggreennation.com today. It's up on the front page right now. Um, the Eagles, 
uh, had the third fewest amount of turnover, roster turnover, which is kind of surprising because you would think they would be have more. They brought in Jeffrey and Blunt and a bunch of guys. Dallas had the second most. Wow. They lost a lot of players, and it's not like necessarily star guys. Obviously, they still have Dak. They still have Zeke. They still have Dez. They still have a lot of key players in place. They had what a lot of people consider to be a good draft. But still, you lost like a lot of starters. And we talked mm-hmm. about the offensive line. Yeah, those were losses. I don't think that's getting enough play. The fact that Jonathan Cooper, who got cut from the Browns, and the Patriots mm-hmm. is starting the for them. And well, he's traded from the traded Cardinals. Away. They like, gave up on him. Away yeah, it was a Cardinals. throw in. Yeah, and then you have Leo Collins at right tackle, and we don't know how that's going to work out. So I think that's you know a big question mark. I think I think that Dak is bound to regress just because you know he played so well last season. We've seen quarterbacks take a step back. I think there's going to maybe he doesn't, but I think there's that subject to happen. Zeke's coming off a big workload. There's some factors there where I think they could bounce, take a step back. With the Giants there, James, I think you're right on it. I think the offensive line, to have a weakness there, and then to have Eli, who just honestly isn't playing well, like, what are they, so what are they going to do? What are, like, the defense can be as good as they, it it could be the best defense in the NFL if they don't have the quarterback position right and they have all these weapons, but if they don't have a quarterback to get the ball there or they don't have an offensive line to buy time for him. And I think their running game, you might like Paul Perkins there, but like, I don't think there's a lot there. Maybe, Wayne Gallman, whoever they drafted, but like I don't think there's a lot there. So I'm really skeptical about that offense. And then Washington, I don't know where Washington fits in. They've had such a dysfunctional offseason in terms of Scott McClellan being thrown out of there and Dan Snyder, all that, everything <laughs> going on. He back. <laughs> but with all that said, I mean, it seems like they, they did like some decent things in terms of the draft, getting, you know, Jonathan Allen and and uh some other moves they made this year. But Kirk Cousins lost or Kurt Coupon, sorry, lost two of his best. Thank you. I love that he apologizes for saying <laughs> sorry, his I said name. It wrong. So good. Yeah. So good. He lost two of his best weapons in Deshaun and Pierre Garçon. I think mm-hmm. that's huge. So I think, you know, I think this is almost anyone's division again for the most part. Yeah. And oh, I mean, with the coupons thing too, I mean, I think everyone on the planet knows it's that guy's last year there. So, you know, he's not building oh, towards anything. I mean, he is gone. Then maybe they trade him, whatever. But also just mentioning with Dallas too, if you want to look for reasons to kind of poke holes, we don't know what's going to happen with the Zeke thing. There's still, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Pro Football Talk said this week that that there's still the potential for some sort of punishment there. And then, of course, uh, you know, two players on their defense, one starter and one, like, you know, role player plays a lot, mm-hmm. both suspended four games. Uh, you know, anyone on Dallas can get suspended at any time, it seems. So, you know, <laughs> so far, yeah. So there, there's that, too, as well, that kind of adds into the hole. All right, we'll go to uh, Steve in uh, Westchester. Steve, what's going on tonight, buddy? How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I have a... Um little story that I could tell you. When I was a kid, there was this big baseball card available by Topps called the Topps All-Star Set. It was a 60-card set of all the All-Stars in that year. Johnny Callison was in it that year. Roberto Clemente, a lot of mm-hmm. Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of players are deceased. I bought, I already had the set unsigned. I paid 2200 for the set Holy with cow. all the autographs on the, in the set, 60 autographs in the set. Turk Farrell, Dick Farrell, a Philly who played in the 60s and died in England. That card alone is close to two thousand dollars. Wow! Cow. Well, one so of the a great the investment Clemente, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out the Roberto Clemente card, uh, generally Roberto signed in green pen. Um, I never had the card authenticated. By the way, in 2000, the set went up to ten thousand oh dollars. It was the second highest seller behind the Gretzky, uh, McNall, Wagner. Well, anyway, back to the Clemente. He signed in green. Well, he had his clubhouse uh, boy 
gets on a lot of his autographs. So I never had the card authenticated. And Roberto's beloved everywhere, internationally, yeah. everywhere. As well he should it, be. Yeah, and, and um, you know, it's something that, that, you know, it's bothering me through the years. But, you know, look, now, now people know what's going on. And for Dak to do that, I didn't know about this. But for Dak to do that, come on. I mean, get your get your hand out and sign it and use your uh, Palmer method, you know, to make a good signature and, and give the people what they want, not what they don't want. I don't know what you guys think about that. Oh, yeah, and Steve, I appreciate it. It's a, I mean, it's a good point, man. It's just kind of like there's – uh, th- th- wait, what were we going to say? I was going to ask Steve a question. But oh, he's I'm sorry, now. buddy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that Steve, Steve calls the midday show a lot as well. He works in memorabilia. He, like, obviously, like that's what he does. So I wanted to see if he had ever seen something similar to this type of thing or if he had heard of these types of stories and how it kind of played out because I would be interested to know if we've seen that before with the big kind of, you know, that we haven't heard about maybe because, in the past or whatever. Because in that ESPN article that talked about, uh, you know, Dak being accused, the authenticator of that company that refused to to be, you know, say this is legit. He was like, I've never seen something like this. Wow. He said that. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow, really? Yeah. See that that's what like that's I'm it just seems so dumb to me too. Like not and I don't know, I've nothing about Dak. He might be a really bright guy or whatever. Maybe he just got bad advice or whatever. Yeah, we don't know the situation. It seems exactly. like such a stupid thing to do. It does. It seems Especially so, now. That's yeah, what yeah. I mean now. I mean it seems like it, with everything that we have at our disposal now, it seems so stupid stupid and short-sighted and whatever that, that you, this we're gonna get away with this like it's so crazy to me yeah well that and, and that's what i'm saying and eli too like in a day and age where you're like this is gonna get out man of course it doesn't, doesn't matter how well you bury it or cover it it's gonna get out there's One too guy many tells things another guy tells another i mean it's like, i heard this i heard this and now it just blows up in an instant yeah. where it's like you know, boom and look it's not like yes athletes have definitely have done this before in the past i'm sure babe ruth had done it a, a ton of times and it's not it's not anything new but it's just so like Man, when you're doing this and you're you're signing and saying like I'm authenticating this on my own, and there's people that like and, and imagine that's what I'm saying. Imagine Steve and imagine like being that nine year old kid yes. who's like, oh, I've had this Roberto Clemente thing. And then you turn sixty or whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, it's total total bull. That was, <laughs> that was the bat boy that signed that for you. And you're just kind of like, oh my god, dude, it's what like, happened? Yeah, it like kind of like you know, like you question like you know, what's real, what's not real, like well, you know, like something that you've believed your whole yeah. life, like that. Like it's just I don't know. And it's been happening. It's been happening in the memorabilia world forever, mm-hmm. forever. Like there's all even if it's just a, a guy trying to fake a signature. That's not a player at all. It's just trying to get some money. Like you're dealing with that. You're dealing with all these different problems. Like why contribute to it? Yes. You know, just, why it's just perpetuate that, it's that. making it, it worse. Like, it, like taking it to the next level. Like it's almost worse that Dak did that than someone at least like entrepreneurial trying to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like this is just like, it's, I don't know. It really, like it really bugs me. Yeah. And, uh, in the, uh, you know, we're getting in the conversation with that. If you have any takes on that, 888-729-9494. We're also talking about expectations with the NFC East. The Eagles in, in everything else here. I, I would say that I think it is I think it's still a little unfair to just assume that Dak is also going to have a regression, even though I, I firmly believe it's just the expectations of what's put on him. It's probably people are going to be unhappy about it. There is still a chance that, you know, he would only have still the lowest attempts in the NFL. He oh, yeah. has another a thousand yard game and, and and they kind of repeats the they same could stuff. Run it back. And maybe they just get a little unlucky and that's why they're that, that's why their wins drop. But I will say the thing that uh, that most people are so high on, and you had mentioned it, Brandon, nationally, everybody loves the Lyle Collins move to right tackle. They're like, Oh, he's got such movement, the power, the second level, all that stuff. It reminds you of 
I, I, I think in a lot of cases they they expect him to be Lane Johnson, which is which which is which I, which I think he has the athletic ability to do. Yes, maybe. I do not think Lyle Collins. I think he's going to get his lunch eaten. Well, he, in the NFC East against those guys and against some of those pass rushers, I do not believe that Lyle Collins will be an as an effective right tackle as he was a guard. I'm sticking to it until I'm proven wrong. Yeah, and and I think that the whole thing of losing Ronald Leary, no one talked about that. That guy's a really good football player to have to to mix in and out there. And then the fact that, you know, it's not just Collins moving out there. It's that they've got to play Chaz Green at guard or whatever. I mean, they're getting much weaker on the interior there as well. It's the combo of both those moves. And plus, like you said, look, Collins, athletically very talented, but we he's never played it in the NFL for an extended period of time. Like, this is... A, a new thing for a young kid who doesn't have a lot of experience at it. Brandon, I think he could be ugly. You just talked about all those national people, John, who love the Lyle Collins. Who yeah, right tackle. NFL you know, guys. Yeah. You know who also does? Brandon Graham. Oh! <laughs> but seriously, I think um, I think Collins Wait, did they actually say that it was no, at all? Oh, man, man, I was yeah. so ready to rock but and roll. seriously. No, yeah. well, but seriously. We needed a little rim shot there, a little bum ching But he told me private. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I think Collins gets a little overrated because you look at his whole situation, how there's just so much hype about how he came into the league because he was undrafted. And I was like, that was one of the things with the Cowboys. Oh, my gosh, another first round pick. But, but like, everyone, I think, with him, there's, like, vines of him just, like, crushing people in a run block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see that. But turn on the uh, back when Benny Logan was on the team, and he was going up against Collins in his rookie year, and Benny Logan ate his lunch yeah, at left did. guard. So, like, let's like let's slow it down. Like, I know that the highlight plays are there, but I think he's getting a little too much hype. But that's what happens. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, there's there's a lot of guys that I love to follow during all those when they have the, the long extended things because – I mean, when you think about offensive line, defensive line, there isn't a t- like we for the most part, the casual fan understands what a wide receiver has to do, running yeah, backs and vision sure. and things like that. So when I go to like Duke Mayweather and I look at his feed and he's breaking down, you know what Cam Robinson does really well. I find all that stuff interesting, but it's in the same way where they, it's exactly what you're talking about. They shape it most of the time with all the good plays yeah, and things like the that. Narrative There's, they want, yeah, and, and they do. He does a pretty good job of both, but most of the time when I see it in my feed, it's always. Those, those secondary second level plays so was like, of course he's gonna, of course he's gonna blow up a, a, a CB. Yeah. Of course a he's gonna blow corner. up a layback. Yeah, yeah, you know, Jason Kelsey's done the same thing his entire career. We understand that, but we also know where the faults lie. Yep, it's that interior. And if you're and if you're switching up at any point where, that's what I'm saying. I wish I could have seen him go up against Timmy Jernigan because if Benny Logan was doing those things throughout oh, his man. career. I would have liked to well, see him somebody with a lot better hands. And especially, I, I think all ninety nine percent of the the great Lyle Collins gifs or whatever are seen it. It's always in run the run game. Like he yeah. really yeah. struggles in pass yes. protection. The the footwork is not there yet. The the scheme of it. Now he's switching positions to do it as well and having to set that edge on the outside. I mean, it's going to be. Like, I think there is a real chance. I think it's going to take him a while. I think it's going to take some yeah. time, man, especially against guys like Brandon Graham who really know what they're doing from a technical perspective and have moves and can and strong. strong and strength. Just a bull. I mean, that bull rush, like, mm. that is so hard to stop if you don't have your footwork right and your leverage right and your body in the right place. Um, yeah, I think it really, there are going to be spots where they're going to be like, oh my God, like that's bad. <laughs> Let's go to Eric uh, out there in California. Eric, what's going on tonight, buddy? How are you? I'm doing awesome. Gentlemen, listen to you guys all the time on my lunch break. Originally from uh, Birdsboro, Pennsylvania, now out in the Bay area here in California. How about that? Beautiful. How's, Thanks, the, how's the Bay area this evening? 
It's awesome. Today it's probably around 90 degrees. It's been in the upper 80s for the past week, so can't complain. Beautiful. <laughs> Excellent. What's on your mind tonight, bud? So uh, I've been thinking about the quarterback situation a lot. Obviously, that's kind of the weak spot here. Going into the season, we're looking at Jalen Mills, Patrick Robinson, and Rasul Douglas. So let's fast forward hypothetically to December. Let's say the Eagles are teetering on making the playoffs. Let's say they're, they're, they're doing pretty good. Um, don't want to throw out a record, but let's just say they can potentially make the playoffs and perhaps win the division. Would bringing in Sydney Douglas, uh, Sydney or, Jones, or Sydney Jones rather, mm-hmm. would bringing in Sydney, would, would that be a risk the Eagles could take if potentially that could put them over? Like, I, would that be a risk that the Eagles should take, or would that would would re-injuring his Achilles be? too big of a uh, of a situation that could happen they, i mean, uh, I, I mean we're, we're not we're not down there we don't exactly know yeah. how i mean that is it's really based on his body type and how he's going to feel yep. about this thing but i even if even if they have a a, a really nice season and they go 10 and 6 and you want to try and throw them in there week 17 week 18 against two two really tough teams yeah. you know, and one one of them's a what the Raiders Monday night Raiders, football game yeah. so yep. yeah. i i think it would have to be like 100% clear clean bill of health even to think about it i don't think it gets and, and just to add to that also i think like first of all rookie cornerbacks take a lot of time to adjust to the league and then right. to throw him in midstream to start like coming off and the by end the way of, it's playoff game I, here you go i just don't think <laughs> I, I don't more than anything i just don't think he's going to be able to help really is what it comes down to Awesome. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you Thanks, so much. Yeah. I do like there, the uh, Sydney Douglas idea because it's yeah. like Joe Douglas's like cornerback love child type thing. I'm <laughs> in on that. Just to, yeah, put the put them together to combine the <laughs> ultimate corner. Uh, I do, well in that sense, if he's a hundred percent healthy, no. No, it's just not even that. No, no, I'm not just talking from an injury. I'm just, I get the note <laughs> no, before you no, get no, my no, point. No, 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 no. But I'm, my point is not. It has nothing to do with injury. It, mine is simply I don't. I don't know if he'll be able to. to uh, all I was just quick enough. All I was just gonna say is if he could get, you know, I could see him in a fifteen percent snap no area. If it, I mean, like if everything is picture perfect and he's been, oh, yeah. he's already been practicing for a month into this thing. He's been working with the yeah. team on the scouting, and he's like, okay, we're gonna put you in in a very limited role in, in that case. And if he can't handle it, you just take him out. Yeah, yeah, and, and just kind of go go as long there. as injury wise, as long but as that it's not is, gonna, yeah, that is the most optimistic viewpoint I think you could get on on Sydney. I really don't foresee that happening, but you know, just give it a little time and. I think you'll see something really special next next season as we kind of get this thing going. That's going to do it for the BGN radio portion of the program. We're going to get uh, and lead you right up into some Sixers talk. It's John Barchard, James Elster, Brandon Lee got right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.